Are you ready for this? Because I'm definitely ready. In this episode, I pray that you see yourself, you see others, you see this world, and that it sparks a flame to be more and to do more. I am sharing in this Church Girl podcast episode, my confession. Hey, Well Life family, Um, a complete impromptu episode as it relates to the timing of it. Planned in the essence of we were going to do a hashtag church girl confessions because that is what this episode is about, but the timing of it. And uh, I said that I wanted to stay true to every message that I give um, and be authentic to what it requires and and just really stay honest and vulnerable with myself so feeling a little heavy-hearted and mind is filled with so much thought um prompted even the more by a podcast that i listened to this morning and i want to have a very uh, serious but heartfelt conversation with you that i pray invokes thought consideration heavy consideration because uh, although this is hashtag church girl confessions and this is not like spilling the tea kind of confessions this is the type of confessions that really uh, stirs all of us to have um, a good thinking session and just be in a think tank with ourselves and then possibly others Um, but we're going to dive into this so um Thanks for joining me. Let's do this. Okay, so y'all, while I was doing that interlude that you just heard, I was getting my food. I'm settled at home now, but I was driving when I was talking to you hands-free of course with the bluetooth and i stopped to get something to eat now side note right here i preach eat at home eat at home eat at home as much as you can and we do that in the more manner i made some soup yesterday a big gigantic pot which if you follow me on ig you'll see it in my ig story so gene and i are avid soup lovers I thought the soup was going to last us at least a good two days. Y'all, we finished that soup this morning. Okay? It's one of, um, one of the ways that you can get so much nutrition in a meal. And then soup is just good old food for the soul. So anyway, I digress. I was getting my food. Um, this cute little health spot close to home. And I literally... God gave me a little sunshine in this heavy hearted day because the gentleman came up to me and he was like, we made an extra shake. It's a vegan shake, a dairy free shake, right? He was like, would you like it? And if you know me, you know, I love ice cream and y'all, I smile so big. I know I sounded country right there. He gave me some life today. I mean, I'm a little okay. I am ready to engage in this episode with you because I have a free vegan shake. And listen, if you've never had one, do not get it twisted. They are delicious. Taste does not 
go lacking, okay? Get into this. All right, that's the holistic nutrition part of me. But anyway, that re- made me really happy. Um, it's It's been a heavy day. So much going on. So much going on in our world. Checking in on a few friends who are um, being caregivers to family members that are either in rehab or that are in the hospital or undergoing surgery. As I speak to Eugene is at the hospital with a dear friend of his who is there um, experiencing the transitioning of his father. And of course, um, if I were going to do a socially shan segment, which I'm not going to do today, I would talk to you about the Kobe and Gianna memorial that happened on this past Monday. Also, we lost um, two other beautiful women on this week. Um, Katherine Johnson, the NASA mathematician that was depicted in the Hidden Figures movie. And then the beautiful um, Bev Smith, who finally succumbed to her last chapter of Alzheimer's. So it's just been a lot going on. And um, out of all of this that's going on around us and then that which is going on within our own world, (sighs) can we all take a deep breath and just have a moment of silence for God's breath to enter us? So anyway, it, it actually was very appropriate for me to go ahead and do this episode. My confession today to you uh, during this Church Girl podcast series and why I am confessing this because I am going to break it down. Again, if you ever have a opinion or a thought about something, hey, poo-poo, hey, Princey, you have to support it. And so I'm going to support it. My Church Girl confession to you today is that I'm quitting church. <laughs> well, you know it had to have some shock value, right? Because of how it sounds uh, superficially. But let me explain to you where I am and why I feel this way. So I am the hashtag church girl along with many of you. Put your hands up. Whoop, whoop. I want to hear from y'all. Um, I am the hashtag church girl growing up in church, acclimated to the culture, the practice, the language, um, the rhetoric, the terminology of church, the belief of all of it. Definitely God's girl, the Jesus believer in all things that I am completely convicted and persuaded about. Um, I have been a praise and worship leader since high school. I am 43 years old now, so you do the math. There has been a major maturation in my life with Jesus personally, um, also with my relationship with church and with the culture of church. And um, I share this with my husband all the time. We talk about, you know, as both of us uh, being PKs, which is a blessing that we have backgrounds that are um, similar and we understand each other's language. We talk about church and its progression of church, the state of church, um, Western church versus third world countries and global missions and ministry. And it has been my observation and experience as we are in seemingly progressive times that the Western church is in a major identity crisis. Um, When I say church, I'm referencing the body of Christ. This is not 
a reference to any direct church. Let me put that disclaimer out there. This is in reference to the body of Christ at large from the Western culture. I'm talking about the Western church here. And it has become a very burdening uh, response I, uh, of of my body, of my mind, of my spirit. It has it, it has been heavy on me at least for a year now. Well, more so than prior to. It has been a growing burden. As I grow in God, which is my prayer, I, I cannot stand a stagnant relationship, and that goes for God too. Like we need to constantly be growing, learning, evolving, solving, understanding, making more room, making more space. Just like our natural friendships and relationships need to evolve and grow, your relationship with God must do the same. So I get highly uh, vexed and burdened when I see such a stale approach to our corporate worship to our, to our idea of congregating, our church behavior, um, our, our cultural response to church. And then on the flip side of that, you look at global mission, you look at uh, uh, third world involvement, and you see the complete opposite with people who have less, okay? And, and listen, I am not uh, denying human struggle, human trial, human situation, oppression, suppression, financial crisis, loss of all kinds. I, I'm not denying us of that. I'm not being desensitized or insensitive to that. I'm talking about our relationship with God, our level of maturity, and for many of us, the tenure, the, the veteran status that so many of us have in church and to look at the to look at the state of that and see the lack of growth to see the lack of advancement excitement uh, that's what becomes very burdensome to me we have lost our passion we've lost our focus and i often see you know i i, I know the drills listen it's not many wolves that can be pulled over my eyes because I'm a PK. I, I have experienced some stuff and I know when a pastor feels like he has to uh, subscribe to a lot of different antics or activities because he's trying to pull his congregation in to be involved. And again, this is not a direct, uh, attack or a direct um, accusation on any church. This is the body of Christ and you see it across the board. And it's very sad that we have become a people that have to be um, prompt, that have to be prodded, that have to be regenerated, reignited, re reminded, revitalized all of the time, I say all of the time um i don't know what your church experience is i don't know what your church dynamic is i don't know what your relationship with the church is or your relationship with your pastor or with the church people um, as a community church historically has been the bedrock of community 
and um, we we need some resuscitation. So I'm quitting church. I'm through. I'm through. <laughs> you know where we are, and when I and and I'm gonna get into it a little deeper. Where we are is forcing us to revisit who God is, and that is something that the believers are going to look have to look hard at. And you cannot share with someone else about the essence of God unless you have fully made room and a left a capacity of yourself open for him to invade and dismantle all of your setups, all of your systems, all of your thoughts, your ideas, your suggestions, and your opinions, and allow his omniscient uh, power and presence into your life. So how did the state of the world get the way that it is? I do believe that it has some to do with the state of the church because we are the bedrock, because as life has continued to progress, we have failed, when I say we, the body of Christ, have failed to continue to indulge ourselves into the word of God as a student, continue to learn about our history, continue to allow our walk of faith to evolve. And so you find yourself stuck you either find yourself stuck or stale. In this day and age, you, you are either a Christian on fire, you are a Christian that's stuck, you're a Christian that's stale. The beautiful part about it is that because God is a redemptive God, God is such a relatable God that we can always advance, resuscitate, um, begin again our relationship and our walk. But when we look at how the state of the world got the way that it is, I want to just break it down for us uh, for a moment. And I have to thank apologist um, Ravi Zacharias for being such an open book of biblical enlightenment for me. I have to thank my father, Bishop Larry Leonard Sr., who has been such a rev. Uh, uh, an orator in the way that he has broken down the Bible my entire life. I think I'm very blessed to have the kind of father that I have who, as a church girl, is not sexist when it comes to men and women's roles, but also as um, a preacher, teacher, thinker, thought, thought leader, has been able to share with me a very balanced and constantly relevant idea and image of God and Christianity. So saying all that to say, I, I credit them for the information that, that I have learned that I'm about to share. Um, there, there are a lot of absolutes in the world, but what we have learned is that absolute has to be based on a worldview. Absolute is based on a worldview. Worldview answers four questions for us. This is important for each and every one of you, whether you are a believer, a non-believer, atheist, um, agnostic, a universalist, you're into plural, pluralism, you're into dualism, and the list goes on and on. Worldview answers four questions for us. We're talking about how the state of the world got the way it is today, which is a very messy place. 
origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. An absolute has to be based on a worldview. That means what I'm saying is you can't just walk around with all kind of ideologies, isms, and beliefs. We have run into a major identity crisis because we have um, allowed so many thoughts and beliefs to be on the uprise or, or on the horizon, but they are void of any moral framework. And when you have any lifestyle, any view, any worldview that's void of a moral framework, it's going to lead us to unending immoral decay. So absolutes have to be grounded. You're having conversation with somebody, even a fellow Christian, you're having conversation with somebody about a belief, about an idea, about a societal event, about the economics, about faith, religion. Worldview has to answer the questions of origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. And this is why we believe that Christianity is valid. This is what validates Christianity and makes it the only consistent world view. Within our Christian faith, we find origin, we find meaning, we find morality, and we find destiny. Now, you may have to probe in it, probe into that. If you're willing to be a student of the word, a student of learning, more about your faith then you can pull from the Bible and from teaching more about these four questions that the Christianity worldview validates for us origin meaning morality and destiny and when I think about the state of the church and how somewhere we have lost the connection well, we are very self-centered. We're very comfortable. We are um, obsessed with what I call luxury struggle. Our struggles, which are luxury struggles. We are all about what church can do for us. We come and we sit comfortably in air-conditioned buildings. Um, we pretty much let whoever is up at the moment kind of pacify us and entertain us. Regardless of where we are in our lives, we oftentimes are not exercising the sacrifice of praise when we come together with our brothers and sisters. The sacrifice of praise is when you have concerns and traffic and chaos in your mind and in your life, but you make the decision to set it aside to worship and to praise and to fellowship with your brothers and sisters. That's a sacrifice of praise. I want to put body to that terminology that we use. And so the world has lost its way. And I am concerned that the Western church is going in the same direction. We got here because there's so much secularization with no concrete framework. Everything is about feeling. Everything is about idea and thought and the, the idea of this universal love that is happening is good in the sense 
that it's pouring out affection, but it's dangerous in the sense that it is not embedded in Christ. Again, Christianity is that moral framework that without it, we have unending immoral decay. And I'm looking at what's going on with us. And I'm looking at so much transition in life and I am overwhelmed. I am bewildered. I'm concerned. I am burdened. Listen, I don't want us to get so caught up in every trend and every uprising just because we have not quite put our finger on the pulse of explanation from a biblical or scientific fabric. Science is leading more to God being the creator of life and being the responsible party for this beautiful framework that we live in every day. Bible or no Bible, life is showing us that there is something bigger and something greater. But with this secular framework, well, the secular view that really has no concrete framework, only what feels right, we move ourselves farther and farther away from God's intention, his design, and his compassion for us. And as I, th as I look at what's going on, I look at what's going on in the politics, I look at the, the mess and the monstrosity that's going on in the White House, <sighs> I look at uh, how, it, how it feels like death is multiplying. And Jean and I were talking the other day, we don't know if it's like the, the, the question of whether death is multiplying or whether we are just experiencing death closer to home. I don't know, but it, it is causing things to be very real, very loud and very clear. And I think about the Bible. There is no other literary context that tells us about the things that are currently happening as well as the things to come like the Bible. The Bible is a prophetic piece of work that is talking to us right now about the society happenings. Pick it up, find the translation that you understand best and see if you don't, if, if, if you don't agree with me when I say that this is one literary book that is showing us there's something bigger than who we are and what we could ever create and and we're giving credit to the universe which has no thought which has no uh ability to direct outside of the science that god has given it you got me we have a world with way too many views opinions and freedom and so real quick because I'm almost done. If we look at the shift of thought throughout time, when I ask the question, I posed the question earlier, how did we get here? Think about it. Look at the shift of thought throughout time. When it comes to decision-making, we had the 13, 1400s that introduced the Renaissance. This was the time of art. This is when man measured all things. 
we moved into what's called the empiricism and the rationalist era, the enlightenment thinkers. This was all about science. This was all about thinkers who formed everything around science and science only. Then we, uh, we progressed into the 19th centuries, early, early 20th century, where existentialism came into play. This is the whole philosophy on individual existence as freedom and choice. Humans define their own meaning in life. And now here we are in a postmodern world. Postmodernism, the Western philosophy that escorts skepticism and suspicion of reason to the forefront. Universalism when it comes to truth, morality, reality, human nature, and social progress. I want to implore to you, you may not understand everything about God. You may not understand everything about the Bible. You may not be able to get all of your questions answered when you're talking to believers or Christians or fellow Christians. But what we cannot deny is God's existence. What we cannot deny is that throughout time, from as early as the 1300s, there has been a constant shift in thinking and decision making that has increased chaos upon the land. So how is it that we are both in the best and worst of times? I asked that question. The church should be the summit of the community, should be um, the open door pantry of healing and help and further progressing the gospel of Christ in a way that it is real and it is effective, but we are so busy doing everything else or not doing anything at all. When we look at society, how is it that society is experiencing the best and worst of times in healthcare, in entertainment, in literature, every area that you can think of we are living in a time where there is more advancement now than there ever has been, but yet crime is high. Cancer is increasing. Political uproar is a hot mess. And I'm not even talking about other countries. I'm talking about these here, United States of America. So I'm not interested in church as it is exercised in the Western culture. I quit that. I resign, put in my resignation letter to the body of Christ where that is concerned. And I am much more concerned that I am honest, prepped and learned in the ways of what I believe so that I do my part in seeking to revive this nation that has literally annihilated God and his existence. We don't need that. The universe takes care of us. And we, we are in a place where we don't give credit and we don't want accountability. We don't want standards because it is all about feeling. And maybe your counter argument is because no one from the body of Christ has been able to explain it. And again, this is a biblical, non-biblical issue, even with science. I don't want church as usual. 
I don't want to see church as usual for us. I, I want to see us stand up and step up. I want to see us grow. I want to see us want more. I want to see us desire more. Uh, struggle and victory coexist. Health and sickness coexist. Light and darkness coexist. And if we're going to learn more about how to handle that yin and yang, how to handle that dualism, then we have to be more in touch with the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, God himself. And we can't do that by treating church and Christianity as a routine. So I quit church as it is. And I enter uh, into a new enrollment. I subscribe to my enrollment and my participation in church by expanding who God is in me and by being that light, being that torchbearer and continuing to stretch myself and grow in God and allow God to be continuously revealed in me. You get what I'm saying? These are your confessions. These are my confessions as a church girl. Hey, put a pin in my closure real quick. I had to circle back and come to um, this portion of the episode. Once I listened to it after the edit, let me be very, 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 very clear. I'm quitting church as we know it. I am not quitting my attendance, my commitment, or my devotion to the church. That is something that God has called us to. And for those of us who understand the responsibility, the passion that we need to have, and the mission of um, building God's kingdom, we need to be there and we need to be a part of it. We need to be a part of the change. So if we apply that in other areas of life and uh, culture, we definitely need to apply that in church. Do not leave church, but quit church as it is. And let's be a change agent. All right, back to the closure. Are you enjoying the Well Life Podcast? I so hope that you are. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for stopping me when you see me in person and telling me how much you're enjoying it. It fills my heart with so much love and appreciation. And we're going to continue doing what we do. But we need you to share with others. We need you to, I need you to make sure that others know that the Well Life Podcast is here. Again, we're so unique because we tackle all five cycles of wellness so that your life is best lived on this side of heaven. So remember, tell a sister, tell a brother, grab your wellness tea, always pull up your comfy seat and stay tuned because there is much more to come. Hey, and thank you. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you.